0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's
1: going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going
0: to whoop their... up, y'all! Welcome on into the Govalls Twenty Four Seven Podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a late Monday morning here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope everything in your life is good. I hope that you're not freezing the way that uh, we all have in this part of the country uh, and many parts of the country for the past couple of weeks. I was noticing last night. Uh, during, it was the second day in a row because, uh, the, the NFL playoff game, uh, one of them, the one on Saturday in Baltimore, I looked, I was like, man, it looks so cold there. And then I was like, wait, it's actually five degrees colder in Knoxville than it is in Baltimore. And then last night, uh, for the chiefs bills game, which was just a great game. Uh, I remember thinking, God, it looks cold there. I wonder how cold it is. And it was like five degrees colder in Knoxville than it was in Buffalo. So it has been that kind of a week. I hope that you're doing all right. I hope you and your family are in a safe safe place. I hope that you've uh, had... A little trouble navigating the roads. Uh, Maybe today's, uh, this morning's football news might warm you up a little bit. Uh, Tennessee getting a five-star, five-star, five-star commitment from George McIntyre, who the man who will be with me on this podcast, and Ryan Callahan had a great episode about that that we just dropped. Um, But now we are shifting the focus to hoops where also news right now should warm you up and to talk about that with me we're gonna go of course over to that home uh, not, not not the home daycare center although it kind of is also a home daycare center uh, and get to uh, uh, that undisclosed unnamed Road Road studio home studio get to Ben McKee Ben how are you doing this morning man
1: I'm doing great been a busy morning with George McIntyre committing to Tennessee have plenty of coverage up at the site Um Patrick Brown has a great piece breaking down the X's and O's of, of George McIntyre and, and what he brings to the table. Also, have several pieces from multiple analysts breaking down George's game. Ryan Callahan is over at Brentwood Academy speaking with George, and we'll have continued coverage of, of his decision as well. So, uh, been, been a busy Monday morning. Uh, it was a busy Sunday as well. Lance Hurd committing the five-star LSU offensive tackle. Jackson Moy, the Stanford defensive lineman. Yep. Uh, all the coverage you need of Tennessee football recruiting is up at govalls 247com So encourage you to check that out. I know basketball's a bit on the back burner today, and uh, I get that. But uh, nothing cold about that that basketball team right now. And I nope. uh, certainly need to discuss everything that is going on with the basketball team because this year – it certainly feels different than years past.
0: Yeah, it does, Ben. And you were talking about the McIntyre thing. I hope to have a column up later tonight on uh, or this afternoon tonight, sometime around that area, on just the significance of getting quarterbacks this good in every single recruiting class and sort of how ridiculous that is. And in this era, I guess you never really know how you can stack a recruiting class but because uh, the whole portal and everything's just different from the way it was, but Still, um, you add a quarterback of this caliber or close to this caliber every year, you're probably going to be in a really good place. That's a kind of a no doy, uh, no, no Jackson Moy comment there. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I think we'll have that up later. But yeah, this this uh, switching over to basketball, Ben. This is this team is playing very good basketball right now. Uh, I thought I wrote a column after the game saying I, I thought the number of teams on that schedule this season who were good enough to go to Knoxville and win was not a long list of teams, right? I I would have said, and I still do say that Illinois with Terrence Shannon before he got in trouble and Terrence Shannon Jr. was on that team that came to Knoxville, that Illinois team in the right circumstances may have had a chance. I think when Auburn and Kentucky come to Knoxville, they'll certainly have a chance. And I would have put Alabama on that list too. I think Alabama is a team that, uh, the way it plays offensive basketball, the way that it can score in a hurry, uh, the way that it can get up and down the floor, uh, the way it can get hot from three. I would have thought that was a team that could go into Knoxville and at least kind of scare Tennessee a little bit, and it just did not do that. It it was, it was not close. Uh, it, it honestly, Ben, if Tennessee had not missed like eight free throws, including at least three front ends of one-and-ones, that sucker would have been even worse. Uh, that that game very, very easily uh, it got to 27 before Tennessee kind of backed off a little bit, and that thing could have gotten to 35 or so points pretty quickly if Tennessee had just hit some bunnies and done some other things. So that was a comprehensively dominant performance over what I think is a pretty good basketball team. Uh, a flawed basketball team, but a talented dangerous basketball team that absolutely is going to have some good wins this year.
1: Yeah they, they will. I, I kind of walked away from that game actually thinking uh, that Alabama is a bit overrated and not as good as I thought not suggesting that it's That's a, not unfair a bad bas- yeah. not suggesting that it's a bad basketball team um, but I, I I don't think that this is as good of a basketball team as nato's has had the past couple of years. Uh, just, just felt different to me. And and before we continue with the Alabama-Tennessee game recap and, and thoughts, I did want to throw in there uh, that now that we've shifted away from football season in terms of some house-cleaning notes, uh, in terms of a, a schedule for the podcast, uh, Wes and I are tentatively planned uh, to record podcasts every Monday and Thursday morning. Uh, a lot of basketball talk will be involved, but we will also recap football as well so it's not a basketball only podcast and today's podcast is more basketball only because uh, we have three football podcasts up right now as well kind of recapping the the most recent football news uh Wes and and Ryan recorded a podcast recapping Lance Hurd committing and then Ryan and myself uh had two podcasts recapping Jackson Moy, the Stanford defensive lineman committing and obviously George McIntyre as well so There are podcasts out there for football talk, but did want to note that uh, we will be bringing podcasts to you Monday and Thursday may change it a little bit because Tennessee basketball has been practicing on Monday mornings prior to its midweek game, but there is no midweek game this week. So uh, maybe a little bit of an adjustment there, but uh, we'll we'll be talking basketball as, as basketball really heats up now. And we will also talk football is the point that I'm getting to just there are other podcasts talking about this week's football news, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on football on this particular podcast because there are other podcasts for you to go uh, hear the, hear that news and, and listen to, to our thoughts on the news. So I uh, did want to clean up some housekeeping notes there w- with that and, and what to expect uh, going forward throughout the spring semester in terms of football podcasts and, and just podcasts in, in general. And, and maybe we'll we'll switch it up a little bit as we get into spring practice here. In March, and also with baseball season being being just over three weeks away, mm-hmm. uh, Wes and I are, are going to start to record a baseball podcast every Wednesday. Probably, we'll do one a week for the most part uh, to 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 get things started uh, mm-hmm. until basketball season ends. And then uh, once we transition into baseball, like we're now transitioning into basketball, we'll, we'll transition into multiple podcasts a week. So did want to give everybody an update on that in terms of uh, our podcast schedule going forward for the spring semester. Uh, But, yeah, Wes, that that basketball game on Saturday, it was as dominant of a performance as as we've seen from a a Tennessee basketball team. Uh, Even from a a statistical standpoint, you, you look at it, and Tennessee's the first SEC team to beat Nate Oates by 20 or more. And uh, the second team overall, I believe it was Oklahoma that beat them by 22 or 23 points last season. Tennessee's just the second team to beat Nate Oates at Alabama by 20 or more and the first SEC team to do so. I think that tells you all you really need to know.
0: Yeah, I think uh, he's basically what, this is year number four, I think maybe he's been at Alabama, uh, five. And I think there have been, because that first year I guess there was no there was no um, SEC tournament, I guess, his first year because of the COVID stuff. So, this league has handed out seven trophies since he became a head coach, uh, and like in terms of regular season and, ter- and tournament titles. He's won four of those seven. So, let's put it into perspective – I mean, I think some respect is due to the man's name with what he's done. Uh, I think he's a really good basketball coach. Even if his team this season is not quite as good maybe as some of those others, it's still very solidly, I think, near the top of that second tier of teams in this league. And it does have on paper still, right now as we're talking, the number one adjusted offensive efficiency team in college basketball. That team, that offense, it's just it's it, it can be kind of simple, but it works. It works. It's very metrics-based. It's very fast-paced. It's very three-free or rim. So they're taking threes. They're getting to the rim. They're getting free throws. They are kind of playing almost a little bit of that Maury ball the, the, that the Rockets used to play. Like, they they do what they do, and it works. It, it, it Like Pearl, it's a system, and it puts up points. And it is a dangerous, dangerous offensive team, a very good offensive team. And Tennessee took a crowbar to that offense. Alabama been going into that game, and still right now, this is a crazy stat that you almost never see. Alabama leads the SEC in three-point attempts, three-point makes, and three-point shooting percentage. So nobody takes more, makes more, or hits at a better rate than Alabama does from three. And Alabama was four for twenty-one from three in that game. Alabama got chased off the line almost every time it got there. Made two threes per half. That's all it did. Tennessee stole the ball 16 times, forced 21 turnovers or 22 turnovers, and had like 22, 23 points off those turnovers. So every time Alabama had the ball in the backcourt, it was uncomfortable every single time. It could not get out and run. It could not do the things it wants to do. Tennessee's scouting report, attention to detail, and effort – against that Alabama offense is something that Alabama offense almost never sees. It was a season low in points uh, and oats after the game said how dominant it was because it was that dominant and Tennessee very easily could have scored a hundred if it had kept going on the gas and hitting free throws. That was relative to the opponent. I know going into that game, Ole Miss was ranked and Ole Miss was still ranked back in the poll last week. And I think it's a decent team. I think Alabama's, maybe a better team. So I think that performance against Alabama was even better than the performance against Ole Miss because that that was that was a more complete performance, I thought.
1: No, I, I completely agree with that. I do think Alabama is better than Ole Miss. I, I just was not as impressed as I thought I was going to be with Alabama. I, I don't think their personnel is what I, I thought it was. Uh, Mark Sears is the real deal, but the, the supporting cast around him, I, I just don't know if it's good enough to help Mark Sears out in the long run in terms of them doing something of significance like they've had the opportunity to do so the last couple of years. Uh, the, they, they don't have a threat in the post offensively or defensively, which is why you saw Jonas, they do have his way. Uh, and, and then obviously Tennessee had a large part in in making them look bad and and forming that opinion for me. Um when you have really one go-to guy and they have other nice basketball players, Estrada and Nelson and and, and a couple of others, but Griffin, Ryland Griffin, but when when you have the pieces that Tennessee does defensively, multiple lockdown defenders, and you can you know, really focused on Mark Sears and, and making life tough on him and the other guys are just a bunch of, of role players. Whereas like last year's Alabama team, I know it didn't show well in, in Thompson Bowling, but they had multiple players you had to worry about. Charles Bediaco, Brandon Miller, Jaden Bradley, Mark Sears. I just don't they have nice basketball players this year. I just don't know that there's multiple that kind of keep you up at night. And, and so when when you pair that With what Tennessee has defensively, Jonas protecting the rim, uh, because you saw a distinct difference in in Alabama's offense when they were able to get to the rim. When Jonas was in foul trouble in the first half, they couldn't get to the rim before Jonas got into foul trouble and in the second half when when Jonas came back in the game. They could not get to the rim, and they only want to get three-pointers or they want to get to the rim. Jonas is taking away the rim, and then you have – just absolute menaces on the three-point line in Jemai Mayshak, and, and Zakai Ziegler and Santiago Vescovi. Josiah was dealing with the flu, so what uh, wasn't his best game. And, and he's also had that wrist taped up lately as as yeah, well. Yeah, But just specifically that game, hadn't been practicing because he's been dealing with the flu, uh, barely could give it a go on Saturday. Uh, but you had him out there defending as well. Uh, Dalton connect. I think he's a better defender than than people are realizing. I think he's doing more than people realize on the defensive end. He's not Jemai. He's not Santi. But I think he's really holding his own. Uh, you saw Freddie snatch the ball away on 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 a dribble drive. So when you pair what you have out on on the perimeter, where they just have Alabama in handcuffs, with Jonas just eliminating any threat at the rim, uh, you, you have the makings of, of the dominant. Defensive performance that that you had on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and I I'm sure we're going to mention him in in a different context later. Um, but Jordan Ganey also had three steals in that game and a couple of very very nice plays on the on the perimeter. And, and he's had a couple of those games now where he's come in and had some nice defensive plays. Ole Miss, I think he did it a couple times as well. He's he's had some some really really nice defensive plays, and he's he's come a long way in that area. But yeah, I mean, I, I think. Alabama, you know, you talk about the way that they play is we've mentioned, you know, they want to get threes and they want to get to the rim. That's the only kind of shots they want unless they're trying to beat the shot clock or something else. Uh, And when you do that, the argument is that is the more efficient way to play basketball, right? When you talk about over the course of 40 minutes, that's why a lot of people, myself included, have said, wondered why Tennessee doesn't do more of that. And it's because, Barnes is a believer in a certain way of playing basketball, and that's to get the best shot no matter where it is. And I will say that Oates, the way they play basketball, I think works, Ben, because they – especially works in college because very, very few college defenses can have an elite perimeter backcourt in terms of defensive stuff and an elite rim protector. So basically – They can take off – they can take away – you know, it's hard to take away both things. It's hard to really take away both things. Like if Alabama's playing most teams, you'll notice that that team either won't have a great rim protector, so they will force it to the rim all game long and then only kick out when they need to, or a a team will have bad you know, defensive guards and they'll just kind of kick out and draw out all day long and get open three after open three after open three it's very rare to have a team that can do both things at a high, high level. And when you can, that's when it would be nice for them to have a, like an off-speed pitch, right? Like some of that mid-range stuff that Tennessee has on offense. And so what's interesting is that might be why, unless they're in Tuscaloosa where Tennessee always has trouble in Tuscaloosa, no matter what, but when they play in other places, sometimes that's, that's probably why in some ways Tennessee has an advantage in this because Tennessee usually is so tight defensively, both on the perimeter and at the rim, that it kind of takes away both of those things to an extent and makes life really, really hard for Alabama, unless it just makes a lot of difficult shots. And that was just, I hope that people can appreciate, and I, and I, I suspect they do, but I hope people appreciate how difficult it is to make that offense score just 71 points, especially when you're playing at the tempo Bama wants to play at. That was the biggest thing for me in that game. We've seen Tennessee put the clamps on elite offenses before, right? We've seen that except for North Carolina, right? We've seen that time and time again over the years. Tennessee can do that. What we haven't always seen is Tennessee go play an opponent's style of game at that pace and just do it better than the opponent. That was the because you talk about you, you've heard you know Jimmy Dykes you've heard all these other guys say that one of the most dangerous things about Tennessee is that Tennessee can play any style of basketball and win. And Tennessee can kind of you want to put the fist you want to put the, the the brass knuckles on and play sixty to fifty they can do that. You want to get on the track shoes go one hundred to ninety. They can do that, right? You want to shoot 33s? They can do that. You want to shoot 10 threes? They can do that. Uh, they they showed that in that game that they can do that. They, they really can say, okay, Alabama, this is the way you want to play. We'll do it better than you because you're not as tough as us and you're not as good as us. You're not as strong as us and you don't have as many guys as us. And they were right across the board on all of those things. And... You know, it, it'll be different. It'll be different, I I suspect, in Tuscaloosa. I expect that to be uh, a, a kind of a bare knuckle brawl. And I expect Sears will have a big game because he was getting the business all day long from uh, Tennessee's fans. And he will, he'll put a pin in that. He'll remember that. And I think Tennessee always struggles a little bit in Coleman. So that I think will be a difficult game down the road. But in terms of going to Knoxville and winning, yeah, uh, Alabama is not quite as good as I thought it was, even though metrics say it's still like what, the eighth best team in the country. So again, that's a big win for I mean Tennessee went from like sixth or seventh in Ken palm to fourth based on that game. So that was a big, big, big resume win. And I think Tennessee showed that it really proof will be in the pudding in the postseason Ben, but it looks like this team with Connect and especially when Ganey does what he did on top of that, it does look a little different.
1: It it certainly does. And Tennessee moves up from six to four in, in Kempom rankings to your point, uh, because now Tennessee has a, a top 20 offense. Everybody was freaking out about the offense after one game earlier this season, one or two games in, in Maui against two of the best teams in the country. And, uh, I thought that that was a little bit of an overreaction, and, and by the time it's all said and done, Tennessee would be a top 20 to, to top 25 offense. And and I, I was actually wrong. It, it might be better than a top 20 the to top 25 offense. So when when you pair what this offense has become with Kai Ziegler being one of the best point guards in the country and uh, Dalton Connect being maybe the best scorer in the country, certainly one of the best. He's mm-hmm. playing at an all-American level. And, and Jonas Adu, doing what he's doing on both ends of the floor. I mean, you had three key pieces right there. And then you have, all around those guys, a bunch of exceptional role players. And Santiago Vescovi, Josiah Jordan James, Jemima Aishak, Jordan Ganey. We need to talk about him in the second yes, segment and yes. what he was able to provide off the bench. I know Tobey has been dealing dealing with fouls of late, but I'll still throw him into the mm-hmm. mix of, of guys that you can mostly depend on. Uh, Freddie DeLeon is starting to, to help. He He's probably not going to help for more than 7 to 12 minutes a game this season because Tennessee is so deep. But you have three legitimate star players in Zakai, Dalton, and Jonas in their own respects, and then you have elite role players, which it's not a bad thing to be a role player. But you, and this is kind of what I said in the past: is Josiah Jordan, James, Santiago Vescovi. You don't want those guys to be your number one option on offense. Maybe not even your number two, but if they're your number three, your number four, and they're not having to take a bunch of shots and carry the load offensively, because I I I don't really think that's in their nature and and their makeup as a basketball player. Then that's when your team is is going to be at its best when when they can help facilitate and, and feed off of of others and because of the development of Zakai and Jonas and and bringing Dalton in they've been able to I feel really settle into a role that perfectly perfectly matches their skill set and uh, I, I think when you the puzzle has come together still a long ways there's still areas to to get better and improve. Um, long ways to go, but the puzzle has come together. The pieces have all come together, and uh, th- this year feels differently because of the versatility on offense and on defense as well.
0: I agree with that, and we got a lot more to discuss about this. We are slightly overdue for a break here, but but we need to talk uh, about Ganey. We need to talk about um, I think it's fair to talk a little bit about Tobey Awaka and what's going on there because Tennessee does need him. Um, and, and maybe talk a little bit about Freddie too. You know, that, 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 that's an interesting topic. There, there's a lot of stuff out there still to discuss. But I think I think the bottom line is, I'll say this before we go to break, Ben. I, I thought the question for me going into that game on Saturday, it's pretty clear, right, we can already see tears in this league. You know what I mean? Like, I guess by that I mean T-I-E-R-S if you're talking uh, most teams. Maybe T-E-A-R-S if you're talking Vanderbilt. But T-I-E-R-S, there's tiers in this league. And right now, the question I had going into that game was, I know that that top tier has Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky in whatever order you want. Pick an order. order. You could put those teams one through three in order. Any way you'd want to draw it out, I'd be like, okay, you might be right. Those three teams are very good, and they're right there together. I think in a lot of ways, the question was, and we heard Dame Bradshaw talk about this. We talk about some other, heard some other people talk about this. Is Alabama on that tier? Is Alabama on that tier? And we got that answer on Saturday. Right now, no, it's not. Uh, it's a three-team tier atop this league right now. That doesn't mean that 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 they're all gonna just you know wax through the rest of the league like nothing's there because Tennessee did lose in Starkville, right? I mean, we've seen Kentucky lose. You know, to A&M. Uh, Auburn has not had the toughest schedule so far, but it has beaten the teams in front of it in terms of league play. And it has a big game actually on Wednesday. Alabama can maybe change that conversation if it beats Auburn uh, in T-Town on Wednesday, I believe. But there are right now, there's a three-team kind of breakaway from the field in this league. And, and Alabama right now is in that second tier with Ole Miss and some others. So, but that's where things are now. Where things will be in March and April is what matters more. Uh, but, but that's where things are right now. It's a very, very good league. Uh, it's got some Final Four contenders, and it has a ton of Sweet 16 contenders uh, in this league, depending on what the brackets are. So really, really looking forward to this SEC season, really looking forward to this Tennessee basketball season. And we'll talk more about that after we take a, qu- take a quick break, step away, pay some bills, listen to product, services, in-house ads, et cetera. Come right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio on this frigid Monday here in God's Own, Knoxville, Tennessee. Ben McKee coming to you from uh, across town there at his uh, unnamed home studio that he never will name. And that's just how he wants to go about his life. And, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody else how to live their life. I'll just say that it's a little bit disappointing, but but that's okay because that's the only Disappointing thing about Ben. Everything else about Ben is satisfactory, good, or great. So talking here about Tennessee basketball, lots going on here. In the Tennessee basketball world, the Vols right now still six in the polls, but those polls will come out probably by the time we drop this podcast. So I expect Tennessee will be at least up to number five, uh, I would imagine, this week with Kansas losing down there to country roads in West Virginia. Some some weird, weird games in college basketball last week, some weird losses again, Duke losing to Pitt, all kinds of weird stuff going on. But that's college basketball, right? That's why we love it. Uh, Tennessee obviously did not. Tennessee was at home, which meant Tennessee won because Tennessee almost always wins at home. Tennessee picking up big, big wins over Florida and Alabama, two solid teams. Um, and Alabama may be a good team, but not a great team at this point. Nonetheless, big wins for Tennessee. Lots to discuss, lots more to discuss, and we'll do that after a quick suggestion, quick request from our end to please go in there. And take a minute out of your day and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening to GoVols247.com, nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. does help us out a lot more, though, if you go on there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world. You can cast a fine pod. You can find this twenty 247 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. No complaints. But since we're doing it for free... I don't think it's too much to ask to go rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell people that you want to be your friends. Tell people uh, that you that you know. Tell everybody you know. Tell everybody you want to know. Tell everyone about this podcast. Put it on your socials, too. If you're doing all that stuff, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Jordan Ganey, Ben. Jordan Ganey, been a guy who... Has uh, is a volume shooter by nature and has not been making a lot of shots recently. And um, a lot of Tennessee fans are wondering if he's not going to be an elite defender and he's not going to make shots, why is he still playing? I think we just saw why he's still playing, and that's the same reason why you never, ever, ever count out a guy who can get uh, hot, open up serve, and give you instant offense in a hurry because he gives you a component that helps you win games and they knew he was going to get hot again at some point he got hot again he was great I mean exactly what his role needs to be in that game taking what seven shots making five going three or five from three scoring 15 points having three steals great game for him off the bench
1: yes it was a really great game for for Jordan Ganey and providing uh uh, a lot of punch off the bench quite frankly and he uh he he is capable of coming in and and changing a game immediately and uh sparking Tennessee he he's a, a great shooter the, the shots have just not been falling what was pressing a little bit but you uh you, you started to see those shots fall and and if you're Tennessee you obviously hope that now he can establish some consistency because he he, he has the potential to make this team even more dynamic and, and raise the ceiling even more if if that's possible, because even with, without him producing, I'd I'd say Tennessee can still go win a national championship, but um, with him doing what he did off the bench, offensively knocking down those open corner threes on uh, he can create those threes on his own, but he has an, and I'm being a little sarcastic when I say this, but he has the easiest job on the team. Stand in the corner, let Jonas and Zakai or Dalton do their thing in the middle, and you just stand there, wait for your man to go help in the post, in the paint, catch it, shoot it, make it. And and that's what he did for the Ju- most Juwan
0: part. Smith did that and put up a billion points at Tennessee.
1: Absolutely. And that, that just, I mean, it, it really does raise the ceiling and, and make you feel even better about Tennessee's Potential in March, if, if he can provide them a, a consistent punch off the bench offensively. I mean, he, he was terrific. And I do think he's more of a, a shooter. I, I think people think of him just as a shooter. And, and I've said this a couple times throughout the season. He he can. Facilitate offensively, I, I think he's crafty. I think he can create uh, both his own shot and and, and for others as well. And uh, the the shots were nice to go down. That that's obviously the, the sexy stuff. But what I appreciated the most was he he was just running around on both ends of the floor like a chicken with his head cut off. I mean he he was an energizer bunny on both ends of the floor and and was in the mix constantly uh, tapping rebounds to to produce an offensive rebound. Uh, he had five rebounds of his own and he had three steals. Uh, he he truly impacted the game on both ends of the floor in multiple areas. So if uh, if if Tennessee can get that from him consistently, I mean, it, it's just – it's hard to wrap your head around just the potential of this basketball team if things continue to trend in the direction that it, that it appears to be trending. And uh, Jordan Ganey providing that punch off the bench consistently would certainly – elevate the, the the ceiling of this basketball team.
0: Yeah, it would. And, and you're starting to see more from, from Freddie, Freddie also. You're, you're, you're starting to see for, from Leon, he, he. We've said this a lot. We've said it a lot, Ben, but there are a lot of teams where he would be playing almost all the time or most of the time. He is a very, very talented offensive basketball player. He has some – I mean, I think when you think about a combo guard who actually could be a point guard – you think of, in my opinion, guys like that. Guys who can create their own shot, can create for others. He's got really good size for that position. Uh, he, he's starting to get a little better defensively. He's still got a lot of work to do there, but he's getting better, showing more effort there. Because early in the season, he was maybe it was the foot or maybe it was just him being young. He was getting blown by a lot when he was out there early in the season. That's happening less when he's out there now. Uh, and again, Barnes has said this several times. When you play on a team like this Tennessee team and you practice with a team like this Tennessee team every day, you're going to get coached hard, not just from your coaches, but from your the players around you. And they're going to – you're going to see the way guys like Mayshack and Ziegler and Vescovy and James defend every single day, not just in games but in practice. The way they get after you on every single possession, they are like pit bulls on you everywhere that you go. And that has to rub off on you at some point because you see, okay, if I want to play, I have to do this. I got to score on these guys and I got to stop these guys from scoring. And if I don't do that, I'm not going to play. And you see that with guys like him. Ganey has run into that a little bit recently where they've had to to sort of learn really the way things are at this program. And I think you're starting to see that they are starting to get it. And you're right, unless there's an injury or serious foul trouble, I don't know how many times DeLeon's going to play more than like eight minutes in a game. Because I think Vescovy getting those early fouls, Open things up for him a little bit to play more against Alabama, maybe than he would have. But that's going to happen, right? Because Vescovy's an aggressive defender. The book's out on him. Some of the little stuff he does, it gets caught now. So he's going to be in some foul trouble. And that's just how ha- that's okay. But that's that now means you can have another option to put in there and keep things going as they were or close to it.
1: Yeah, Freddie has carved out a role on this basketball team, and I I didn't know that that was going to happen a month ago. If if I'm being perfectly honest, I I just I did not see him having a role on this basketball team. But he he has really improved over the last month, and and Rick has talked about that in his past couple of press conferences. Uh, he, he's finally trying on the defensive end, quite frankly, and uh, he he's still getting blown by when, when yeah. he's the on ball defender, but. He's just not giving up when he's blown by. He's still trying to to be a pest, and and you saw that on Saturday when he just ripped the ball away from that Alabama basketball player. I forget which one it was, but he he got blown by and followed him to the rim on his hip and and just snatched the the ball from him. And that was after he committed a turnover on the offensive end. Yeah. And uh, I think a month ago, Freddie. It, it it's not that he doesn't play with effort. He just has a. A very calm personality, and a and a just kind of goes with the flow. He, he's not Zakai in the sense of he's always on one hundred. You, you kind of got to crank Freddie up and 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 let him go. And of late, Tennessee hasn't had to crank Freddie up. They they haven't had to try and and get him going. He, he's gotten him going, and and that's allowed him to take the steps necessary to receive some playing time. So, uh, kind of like. Gainey. Now, I do think you need Ganey's production off of the bench, but in a similar way, less less similar way, I, I think you don't need Freddy this season. But boy, if you can receive seven to twelve consistent minutes from him a game to where he can spell Zakai. Uh, some rest on the bench because Sakai cannot continue to play 37 38 minutes a game he can't yeah I I don't believe that he can we've
0: seen this team this program have guys be a little bit run down by the end of the season they need to avoid that
1: absolutely because you need Sakai playing at his best when when they enter the tournament and uh you you need Freddie to be able to spell him uh some minutes and and allow him to to get some rest and. Uh, he is creative offensively. You, you've seen that the last couple of games. Uh, so Freddie's really turning a corner. And, and I liked what Rick said after the game on Saturday as well when asked about how they're going to handle this week because they don't have that midweek game. The older guys need to rest up. Josiah, I, I think he's been running on fumes of late. He, he It's a big week for him to recover. I would expect for Josiah to come out and and play well at Vanderbilt after some extended rest and some other guys as well. Zakai, Santi, those guys have been playing a ton of minutes, Jonas. But on the flip side of that, it's a big week for these young guys to continue to develop because what I liked, what Rick said is that we know that there are some unknowns that are going to pop up and and that is absolutely the case this time last year. You had no idea that Zakai was going to tear his ACL. Um, I believe this time last year, uh, Julian was dealing with that hip flexor Mm -hmm. injury. Josiah was dealing with a bit of an injury. Things pop up like that where you're going to need a Freddie to step in and produce, quite frankly. You you may need Tobey or JP to a lesser extent to step in and provide meaningful minutes. So uh, Cam Carr as well. Now, he's a little bit further back because the wing depth and that 2-3 depth is in, in a better spot than it is in the post or at point guard. But Santi and, and Josiah twist their ankle in the same game. Then all of a sudden, Cam is looking at some playing time along with Freddie. So um, Freddie, you don't need him right now, but you may need him by the end of February, so it's a great sign to me uh, that he has really turned a the corner these last couple of weeks.
0: I also think that there are going to be some teams, there are some very good coaches in this league. There are some very, very good basketball coaches in this league. The, the average, the aggregate score of a, an SEC basketball coach across the league, the average is significantly better than it was a few years ago. It, it just is. Someone is going to figure out a way, and they're going to get lucky, and they're going to have a good plan and get lucky, and they're going to get like Dalton connect in foul trouble. They're going to find a way to do it. They're going to find a way to get him off the floor. Somebody's going to find a way to try to get him off the floor. Uh, with Adu also, Alabama for a good point for a good chunk of that game, uh, at least in the second half, it kept going at Adu even though it wasn't getting results. I'm convinced the plan was. NATO saying, listen, guys, if zero's on that floor, we cannot win this game. Go get him in foul trouble. Get that guy off the floor. Go attack him, draw a foul, get this guy off the floor. And they were cause you and and I thought that before he went out there and said what he said after the game about how fortunate they were that he got in foul trouble in the first half or it would have been worse because that he just was taking them out of what they want to do. So teams are going to and basketball is a funny game, right? You're going to go on the road, it's going to be a game you don't expect like randomly in college station or something. You know, A&M's great at drawing fouls. A&M is elite at drawing fouls. Way Taylor can draw 100 fouls a game, basically. They they'll go do something like you'll see that whole connect Adu connect um, Ziegler like trio, like two of them will be in foul trouble in the same game. Things like this happen. This is basketball. That's where you're going to need more of those guys. That's why they have to be ready because you have to keep the thing afloat because at that point, excuse me, at that point, you're saying, okay, in that game, like James and Vescovy have to step up and be scorers again. And they can do that if they need, if you need them to, but. You're gonna need somebody else to step up beyond that and do some stuff, and that's where you're gonna need your your Freddies and your you know Meshack to step up and, and be more of an offensive player. Gainey to go for for fifteen twenty again. You you're, you're gonna need uh you know Freddie or, or Carr to step in there and do some stuff, and you're gonna to have to have games for sure, for sure where Estrella's is gonna have to come in and play eight ten minutes. That's absolutely gonna happen because Tobey Awaka. God bless him. He cannot stop himself from fouling right now. He is such a physical force on the basketball court. And he just, it's, it it very much is the bull in the China shop. He just, he is, you know, how hard he works. You know how smart he is, but he commits some dumb fouls. He just is an incredibly smart guy. One of the smartest guys on the team. Well, maybe one of the smartest guys in the league, but has a penchant on the floor for doing things that at his size are going to be called fouls nine times out of 10 and, and a do no rim protector in the world avoids foul trouble all the time. So we've seen this, right? We've seen games where, you know, I mean, Tolu Smith fouled out Tennessee's entire front court. A couple of the fouls were a little questionable, but eight of the 10, at least were were the right call. And that's going to happen. So you're going to need Estrella or Phillips in those games and we haven't mentioned Estrella until now toward the tail end of this podcast, but he's a guy who, when called upon, I think against Florida, he did some stuff. He did some stuff in that game. He looked pretty good in, the, in that little cameo he had there. Again, not the best team in the league, but a decent team, a team that's got a couple of big guys, and a, a team that plays in a way that can be difficult for big guys to, to handle. So I think that the number of options they have on this team – if they keep those guys engaged it will be a huge thing a huge benefit for this team but as you said Ben this, this is a rare opportunity this week to have a midweek without a game keep those guys engaged have them practice more have them get more reps more focus give them like game like minutes in a practice you know like on a wednesday or something like that mix it up a little bit do like a little 5 on 5 where some of those guys get 35 or whatever minutes do something like that and they will, they're a smart staff. But you keep those guys engaged, Ben, you're in good shape because those guys can help you.
1: They absolutely can. Again, you you don't need those guys, which is a good thing because I, I think that's the the difference between feeling more confident in this team going into March compared to some other teams of the past where you you needed some of those younger guys that you had on your roster to contribute. You don't have to have that with, with this team. And uh, they, they continue to progress the, the way that they are. I mean, it, it's going to be a really nice luxury because things are going to pop up at some point. So somebody's going to get banged up at some point. Knock on wood if, if you're Tennessee. But at some point, one of those freshmen are are, are going to have to play extended minutes. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, Jemai, Jordan, Tobey, They'll get the first crack at it, but then somebody has to replace those minutes, the, the bench minutes, and, and that's where those freshmen come into play. So it, it's a huge week from that standpoint. You, you've got what should be an easy basketball game on uh, on Saturday at Vanderbilt on West End, and it uh, looks like for the first time in, uh, in, in Tennessee basketball history, Tennessee's going to be favored by 20 points in any road game and uh, Vanderbilt is just not a, a good basketball team. Uh, so big big week from a gearing up for February standpoint because he, even next week you, you come home, and on Tuesday on the 30th, last game of January, you, you play a feisty South Carolina team mm-hmm. that is better than people realize. Yes, and, uh, yes, I, I, I heard Jimmy Dykes talk this morning about how South Carolina is as physical – as Tennessee and Mississippi State, so uh, that is a home game, but uh, against the physical basketball team. Last time at Mississippi State didn't necessarily go so well. It would it would be nice to see Tennessee bounce back in that regard. So uh, next Tuesday against South Carolina, that'll be a tough game, and uh, then Saturday it's off the rub against a Kentucky team that they're they're going to be a problem, especially mm-hmm. with this big Z fella. Mm-hmm. That that kid is going to be of the real deal it looks like. So next week is a big week, but I think next week's preparation starts this week, if that makes sense.
0: It does, and you were talking about Kentucky, and, and you know, Big Z gives them a third seven-footer who is a, a solid player on that same team. So they, you talk about needing front court depth. I don't think that's the kind of game. Like you saw against Alabama, Tennessee spent, what, five, six minutes or so, at least four minutes with Josiah at the five. Um, it, when Adu was in foul trouble and they did some stuff, you're not going to be able to do that against Kentucky. Uh, as good as Josiah is defensively, I don't think he's going to be guarding a lot of seven foot two guys. That's just not. Maybe Eve Pons could do that. Maybe in certain situations, uh, uh, Josiah could guard a lot of six ten guys. Um, but you talk about the seven foot, seven foot two guys, especially ones that can move like that. Um. Yeah, that's gonna have to be a do. It, it, it just is because I, I try to think about any of those because that kid that kid's a freshman, but he's 20 years old and he's been he's played a little bit of pro basketball before he came to from over from Europe. So that's a different freshman, you know, in terms of the physicality, uh, the size, the skill. Uh, those young Euro big men, they are skilled. They can handle the ball a little bit. That guy can pass it, dribble it. Um, that is. I'm not saying he's 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 wimpy or anything, but I mean he's he's a talented guy, and so you're gonna need to have like Estrella's not those guys are gonna have to be ready in that game. They might have to be like, all right, you got five fouls in four minutes, go go do it. You know what I mean? Like go do what you can, and and so that's where you could use that depth because those <clears throat> there are a couple teams in this league who could come to Knoxville and still win. Um, one will be the last game of the season against Kentucky. The other will be Auburn late late in the season. So, yeah, it, it's it, – and now uh, you think about it like this, Ben. This is my last point. It's that, you know, th- th- there's – when you look at the league, like where Tennessee is as a program, you don't measure yourself based on, like, did you, you know, win the SEC. You'd like to win the SEC, but if we're being honest here – the big thing is advancing as far as you can in the NCAA tournament. That's the thing that everybody's going to remember. But if you want to win the SEC with those three teams at the top there, you cannot lose games, many, to teams that are not Auburn or Kentucky. Because I don't know how many games those teams are going to lose against teams that are not Tennessee or the other one. So – you know, you've lost at Mississippi State. That's going to happen. Kentucky lost in in College Station. Auburn'll lose one or two along the way. He
1: also lost at home to UNC Wilmington. Yeah,
0: it did. But well, the different team I think now from from them, but but yeah, I to your point, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. It does happen. It does happen. But yeah, my point is I think if you want to win this league, if that's something you're interested in doing, you can't like slip up against South Carolina. You can't slip up against A&M. You got to win those games.
1: One thousand percent. And, you know, that that's obviously I agree with what you said. You, you'd rather make it to the final four or elite eight than win the SEC. Uh, but winning the SEC is still a heck of an accomplishment mm-hmm. and, and something that they should absolutely be be playing for. Uh, winning conference championships are, are a great thing, are a great thing and, and not something that should be scoffed at. Uh, it, it is a heck of an accomplishment. And uh, if Tennessee wants to to win the SEC, then you, you're absolutely right. They're they're not going to be able to to drop some of these games to uh, teams that that they quite frankly should beat in order to win the SEC. Uh, I I'm not expecting them to go perfect uh, the the rest of the way at Alabama, home against Auburn, two games against Kentucky. You you do have some some weird. Trips out west to Missouri, Arkansas, and A&M. And Missouri and Arkansas are very bad teams, but still tricky trips. a and uh, a solid team in the midst of a tricky trip. So uh, they're, they're going to lose a couple more. Mm-hmm. There's no debating that. But if they want to win the SEC and uh, e- either stay in, in lockstep with Auburn and Kentucky or a step ahead, they're, they're going to have to win the vast majority of of these wins. And look, also we're talking about conference championships and and that comes before the NCAA tournament, but you are still playing for tournament seeding in the midst of all of this. Mm-hmm. So, uh and I, and obviously theoretically, the higher seed you have in the tournament, the better chance you have of having success in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, you you are you know, I I don't think Tennessee's going to go get a 1 seed, but it can certainly earn a one seed it would have to to really uh do some damage the the rest of the way when the vast majority of their games but there's no reason that tennessee should be a three seed as as crazy as that sounds i think it'd be a little disappointing if tennessee ends up as a, a three seed i i think at at worst it should be a two seed um and and right there on on the fringe of, of getting a one seed, so you're also playing for that as well.
0: I think whoever wins now, again, you're talking about a sliding scale here. But as we're as we're looking at this now, I think the committee will look at things like they know how good Auburn, Tennessee, and Kentucky are. So whoever wins the SEC is going to get a one seed. I think that the committee does work in ways like that. You you look at things like. How good is a league? How strong is a league? And the team that wins that league should get rewarded for it. So I think when you're when you're looking at it's a weird year in college basketball, a lot of weird losses in the mix and different things are happening, but there are tiers that are starting to develop. And I think those three teams in in the top of the SEC there, I think they are up there. And I think whoever wins that league, Tennessee, Auburn, or Kentucky, I think has a chance to be a one seed. Um, because you look at the strength of schedules and other things, and I think that's, yeah, Tennessee right now would be a borderline one seed if the tournament started today. So we'll we'll see, but it's it's going to be it's going to be close. Um, it's going to be a fun fun battle. It should be a week for Tennessee to, as we said, get the get the young guys some reps, get the old guys some rest, and uh, take care of business. Do not go mess around. Stack is he got a bad team at Vandy? It's a bad team, but he We'll put together a good plan. It's just does he have any kind of horses to to do anything with that plan? Uh, is there any m- magic left in Memorial when your team's not very good? Um, so don't mess around. Take care of business on Saturday. Take care of business against South Carolina. Let some of these teams start getting losses along the way. See where you are. And, and I think that's uh, going to be fun, man. It's it's a fun, fun looking season. This is on paper the second best I think offense maybe Rick has had at Tennessee and I think this is uh, paired with another really, really elite defense. It's a fun basketball team, Ben. It's a fun, fun basketball team, and there's lots more that we will discuss about it. I think we're wrapped up for today. Are you good, Ben? You're good. He's nodding at me. Yes, he is good. Um, But we're going to be back, as we said, um, at least a couple times this week. We'll be back. Uh, The plan is tentatively on Wednesday to have some baseball talk, which is badly, badly needed for Vitello and those guys three weeks away from first pitch, and then also – I uh, got um got another basketball slash football episode coming later in the week as well. Lots of fun stuff to discuss there. It's a good time with all this football stuff, basketball being where it is, baseball starting soon, Lady Vol's on a bender, softball's gonna start, they're always good. It's it's football's good
1: football's ranked number two yeah. in the preseason polls.
0: Really, really, really there there have been worse times to be a Tennessee volunteer or lady volunteer, Ben.
1: That is certainly the case. Yeah, Tennessee softball number two in the preseason polls. So uh, a, a lot of success around Tennessee and uh, other sports as, as well that we didn't even mention.
0: Yeah, we, and then Kiki Malloy is maybe the best player that, you know – Tennessee that we just have never mentioned enough on this podcast was probably the best athlete on campus last season. And, you know, we see if we get kiki on a podcast, be like, you know, we don't talk about softball much, but just, you're awesome. We just want to say that you're just every time that I'm leaving the, the, the ballpark there, I'm leaving uh, Lindsey Nelson and I'm heading to my car. I hear the softball stadium going nuts because you've hit a ball like 800 feet. Um, you're awesome. Talk about being awesome. We should do that. It'd be like a Chris Farley show, the old SNL skit. Hey, so, like, you're awesome. Can you talk about that? We should do that.
1: She, she is awesome. She may also be the best athlete on campus uh, for, for this academic year as well, although she does have some some stiff competition with, with Dalton Connect, and uh, Nico is also on campus as, as well. James so, Pierce. James Pierce. It, it, uh, again, just – points out that it's a good time to be a Tennessee fan.
0: Yes, it is. And we will have plenty more to discuss about that in this week and beyond. So until then, um, Ben, thanks for being here, man. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Westrucker24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash Govalls24-7. You can also go to Facebook.com slash Govalls247, uh, where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that. at Govals247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run round the clock. Got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, And and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got. And you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs. And that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS Paramount Viacom etc you get every show CBS has ever made commercial free you get new movies you get classic movies that rotate in every single month uh, you also get just tons of original content tons of great original Paramount Plus content and you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon uh, Smithsonian uh, mtv bet comedy central something for the entire family all of that all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month that that is so much stuff so much stuff that's a bunch of stuff less than one m- lunch a month that's all that it costs so go to govals 247com